Welcome to the Spricker Live Show, episode 26 for September 24th. My name is Rob Greenlee, and I'm the head of content at Spreaker. This show is usually live Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on our website at SpreakerLiveShow.com, or you can just go to Spreaker.com and type in um, Spreaker Live Show. Uh, we did miss the show yesterday due to a trip that I had down to San Francisco for meetings on Spreaker Business and met with the Apple iTunes team and uh, a few others over the last few days. You can also um, get us on iTunes, Stitcher. Please leave us a review, send questions, comments to podcast at Spreaker.com, or you can send them directly to me, Rob at Spreaker.com, or if you have a support question for Spreaker, if you're a Spreaker podcaster, send it to support at Spreaker.com, and we'll get you taken care of right away. Uh, And if there's something that's driving you nuts or you cannot figure out how to do in podcasting or with your show, um, I'd be happy to do some research for you. Send me a, a, a question. Send me whatever you want me to try and figure out for you. I'd be happy to do it for you on, on, on the show. And if you actually, if you want to send me an audio file of that question, uh, I'd be happy to play it. And, and, um, and, and also, if you want to send me an audio promo of your podcast. So just keep it uh, up to 30 seconds long, and I'd be more than happy to... Uh, to play it on the uh, the next episode or subsequent shows in the future to help promote your podcast. If you're a Spreaker podcast producer, uh, it'd be great. Uh, you can also send a tweet to um, to, to Spreaker, at Spreaker, uh, using the hashtag Spreaker Live. So you can certainly do that. Next week, uh, September 30th, is International Podcast Day, and I'll be hosting an hour block of the global live video stream that's going to be done on blab.im it's going to be noon to 1 p.m pacific and i'm going to i'm going to record that audio and put it out as a re-airing on the speaker live show um, next uh, wednesday and that's going to be uh, 3 p.m to 4 p.m um, that's our normal wednesday time for the speaker live show i've been also hearing and i wanted to mention on the show i've been hearing about private podcasting discussions and professional sharing events that are popping up all over the country. It seems to be a new phase in the podcast uh, space today uh, where kind of private groups are getting together, trainings and not so much trainings, but just groups of people within the industry that are getting together to uh, to share information about uh, podcasting. There was one going on today in San Francisco called Podcast Biz and Tech Summit. Uh, there isn't any online resource, but I just wanted to mention to it that I, I think we're coming into a little bit of a phase where there's all sorts of new people getting involved in podcasting and uh, people have an interest in uh, sharing uh, the knowledge about how to do this medium on a local level, not just uh, at Podcast Movement and some of the larger events around the country. And here this past week, we had the um, the large event down in Los Angeles, the uh, LA PodFest that happened that I heard was a big success. Lots of people showed up for that. And so we're going to see, I think, more local events come to podcasting as uh, this medium grows and develops. Um, Spreaker has a blog, blog at Spreaker.com. A couple of articles that are up there. Uh, One is the, the article on how to enhance your podcast with the help of WordPress uh, sleek themes. So there's some podcaster themes that are out there that can enhance your WordPress blog. And another article that's up there is how to conduct an awesome podcast conversation. And that's actually one of the topics of uh, this show this week. And catch last week's Speaker Live show, episode 25, with Mr. Adam Sachs, who's the CEO of Midroll Media, uh, who did the recent deal with uh, 
the uh, Scripps company. Um, it was a great merger acquisition uh, deal between um, kind of old media radio and uh, and a new media podcasting um, kind of media creation and advertising sales platform. And I also got a comment and question from the TGIF podcast that's on Spreaker. How do I get better at making Spreaker podcasts? I need help. Please help. Um, all I can say is keep listening to this show and li- listen to the other show that I do called The New Media Show at newmediashow.com. And also go go check out a show called The Feed, which is done by one of our competitors, uh, uh, Lipson at uh, lipson.com. They also have a blog, too, and they offer some terrific tips on how to how to do great podcasts as well. Well, on the Skype line, I have a terrific guest, one who's been involved in radio and broadcasting for many, many years, and her name is Valerie Geller. She's a radio talent consultant, speaker, and her, her book that she's most known for is the um, book called Beyond Powerful Radio, A Communicator's Guide to the Internet Age. And also she had a book called Creating Powerful Radio, and she travels the country and actually even the, the world. I think she just came back from Europe um, talking about how to, great, how to create terrific uh, radio and audio programs. And she seems to be spending a lot more time working with podcasters these days. And uh, you, you can certainly find her at gellermedia.com. Um, and she, she tries to help, uh, you know, struggling radio producers and radio talent to be successful in what they're doing with their show. Valerie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rob. I really appreciate it. And you're really on the cutting edge of what's happening with podcasts. Well, uh, yeah, so it's, it's very exciting. Well, I try. I mean, I try and keep up with this. They're, they're, it's kind of like trying to corral stray cats. Everybody's running off in different directions, trying to do new things. And th- that's what's been really interesting about the podcast medium since it started. And I, it's really kind of kept my interest in it for so long is, is the fact that there's so much experimentation going on. People are trying new things in this medium. And has that been your observation as well? Well, actually, my book, Beyond Powerful Radio, A Communicator's Guide to the Internet Age, is actually perfectly tailored Mm -hmm. to teach people uh, the techniques and the basics for how to become a more powerful communicator. And podcasting isn't really that different other than radio on demand, Mm -hmm. because it has the intimacy of radio, which is one person talking to one person. Or if you're doing a podcast about music and you interview a band and they play the music, that is, you know, the same as radio. If you're interviewing a book author or you're having a conversation with people about ideas, that's what talk radio does. If you're talking about sports or cars or golf or any area, cooking, any any specific area, pets, the beauty of the podcast is that on radio, you have to broadcast to as big an audience as possible. In podcasting, you can narrowcast to as specific a niche audience of people who love and are interested in that specific thing you want to talk about. What I love about you is it's a podcast for podcasters. I mean, yeah. it's fantastic. Totally um, meta. That's right. Right. I love it. And, <laughs> And you've been in, in the in the space for a very long time, and I really admire what you've done. What I am getting to do now is coach and teach and train people who say, I want to do a podcast, or we're doing a podcast, but it doesn't have the traction yet, or we're doing a podcast, but we're really new at it. 
And we thought it was going to be so easy because, hey, everyone can talk, right? So how hard can this be? Well, (laughs) it's a little harder than it looks. So I basically have um, some models that I work with, and they're certainly in the book. uh, And I teach them to people, and it's very personalized. So while I do workshops and seminars and do kind of broad strokes, what I do is basically hire out by the hour and train people in these methods so that each person can get, keep, and grow big audiences for the work that each individual is doing. It's very specific and very personalized. It's based on three things. Tell the truth, make it matter, and never be boring. Mm -hmm. And then there are some questions that we always ask uh, because these are the things that listeners really want. Anyone that's going to check out your podcast is coming to you because they want to be informed, entertained, inspired, maybe persuaded, or the most important thing, they just want to feel connected. They want to feel connected to a community that your podcast is talking about. Mm-hmm. So one of those five things, if we're not giving that to the audience, if you're not doing one of those five things, probably your podcast doesn't have the traction it could have if you learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of aspects of this, you know, the, the, the learning part and the engagement and the community. And there's so many layers to this that, 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 that make podcasting, you know, and radio for that matter, there is, you're exactly right. There, there is a lot of crossover between these two mediums. But well, what do you the other f- thing is, is that if, if yeah. a radio show is boring, you have no listeners. If a podcast is boring, people are gone in three seconds. <laughs> so it, the essence of tell the truth, make it matter, and never be boring. And then the other thing that was really interesting, and this came up in a focus group the other day, We did a focus group with podcast-only listeners who do not listen to radio. Uh, The only crossover is that they have to have some kind of audio they like to listen to. Mm -hmm. So we mixed it with a group of people who like to listen to uh, recorded books, and they're big, big customers of Audible. And they said, and this was pretty much, uh, we had a, a focus group of 12 people, the thing I love about podcasting that's different from listening to a book is that the podcaster is talking to me directly. They're not reading me a story. They're really talking to me. And it's like having a conversation. And that's the thing they love the best about it. Yeah, and you really talk about this a lot, about how how a podcaster needs to talk to an individual, not a group, right? And The most important yeah. thing, in fact, I'm just working with a podcast that's about to drop on public radio, and they were having a, a big discussion about how it's become very vogue. Welcome, podcast community. Hello, yeah. podcasters. Instead of, if you are a member of the podcast community, you won't want to miss the next show. The more you say you instead of we, me, I, us, or our, and you just talk to one listener at a time, the deeper you're going to engage. Yeah. Well, because you are speaking to one person because they have earbuds in their ear and they're listening to you speak to them, right? Right, so, but it's kind of yeah. it's counterintuitive to logic because logically you know that you have more than one person in the audience. Yeah. And so you have to kind of fight your logic. Hello, all those listeners out there, and just talk to one human being at a time. If you are a man, if you are a woman, if you have kids, if you don't have kids, if you're married, if you're single, you'll still want to know that corporal punishment's being instigated back <laughs> in the schools. You know, you do it. It's you and you and you and you, and it's quite powerful. And that's one of the things that when I work with a podcast, or a broadcaster, that's the first thing I listen for. 
is this human being talking to me? Do I feel a connection? Do I know you from hearing your podcast? Do you have really interesting things to talk about? Can you offer a unique journey that I can't get anywhere else on planet Earth except by hooking in with you? Are you, you know, introducing me to characters I care about, people I might not meet any other way, but the fact that you're talking to them, I feel like I know them. Uh, what we found in radio, and it's true for podcasting, the minute the audience forgets they're listening to a podcast and they feel like they're in the room with you, that's when the magic begins. Mm -hmm. But that's when it just begins, right? They're, yes. It's just the journey that you take them on from that point is, is where, where the challenge is, I would think. Right. And then we teach storytelling. And there's a lot about this in the book, Beyond Powerful Radio. But every human being can become a better and more powerful storyteller. And I teach storytelling. You start out with who, what, where, why, when, and how, but put the who at the bottom. Don't put it at the top. A lot of times, the instinct of people who are new at the game is to start with, you know, my guest is John Johnson. He's got a degree from Harvard. He's written this and that, and he's spoken here and there, and he's mm -hmm. been CEO of this company for 50 years. None of that matters. It's always what's in it for the listener. Yeah. So it's always better to put the what before the who. So, for example, if I were going to do a story about, uh, let's say I'm reading it right off a press release, I could say to you, according to a press release from the Museum of Modern Art, that Picasso was only going to be here through the 15th. But it would be so much more powerful if I talked to you directly and say, if you haven't seen the Picasso, you only have until the 14th. That's according to a press release from the Museum of Modern Art. Just mm -hmm. flip it around. Do the what, what's in it for the listener, or what's happening. Put the what before the who, and it'll already be a more powerful story. But the minute the listener wants to know, and then what happened, then you own that listener. Mm -hmm. So think back to storytelling like fairy tales. Once upon a time in a far-off land, there was a princess and a monster, and then one day, the minute the audience goes, yes, and they lean in, what mm -hmm. happened next? That's when you own your audience, and they cannot leave because they've got to know what happens next. And in fact, when you do a podcast, if you leave them, when you are exiting your podcast and ending it, if you know you're going to do another one next week, it's very good to do a cliffhanger. If you want to know the secrets of how to lose weight, grow hair, and get rich, don't miss next week's episode. There you go. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see the advantages of that. That's, that's for sure. But also, you know, one, one thing that's a little bit different about podcasting, too, is that um, there's always a lot of metadata, right, that's always presented before the listener um, even connects with the content, right? There, there's a title to the episode. There's, and a lot of people don't really do a good job of presenting what the topics are in the metadata leading into the content. Okay, so, here's yeah. a good trick for coming up with metadata. And again, we work yeah. with each person individually to peel down like an onion. What is it you want to talk about? Why should someone listen to this? If you can imagine the listener has a bucket and you're going to be putting chunks of gold into that bucket. What are your chunks of gold? And basically, you're answering the question, why should someone listen? And that should be your headline. Or here's why you need to listen to this. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I just worked with a teacher who does a podcast about helping other teachers to deal in classrooms that are overcrowded and with urban 
inner city kids who might not have the same level of behavior in a classroom that middle class kids from a different area might have. So it's really about how to work with problem uh, kids in your classroom and how to keep control of your classroom. And we came up with a podcast that started out with, if you feel out of control of your class, you must listen to this. Mm -hmm. And now they know they're going to get ideas about how to control a classroom with 44 teenagers in it. Yeah, there you go. Well, they're solving problems, right? They're, yes. Yeah, and that's that's what you're doing on your Spreaker pro- podcast. You're yeah. solving problems. Like if somebody yeah. is starting to do a podcast, and they go, "Okay, you know, um, I know that there's this guy Rob Greenlee, and he's one of the top experts. Um, I got, I've got to ask him a question, and then you'll solve it. And suddenly, somebody gets that gold in their bucket. And chances are, if it's happening to you, it's happening to other people. And Rob has been doing this a while, so chances are Rob's seen it before. Yeah. Or if you come to me and you're trying to not be boring and engage an audience and become a more powerful storyteller, um, you know, I believe there are no boring stories, only boring storytellers. So I can help you become less boring, be more powerful. That's a great lead-in, Valerie, to what I was going to ask you next, which is um, what is a boring storyteller versus one that's not boring? What's the okay, difference? The, yeah, the first gauge, because again... Um, One thing I would ask you to do, Rob, is to put logic aside for the purposes of this conversation, okay? (laughs) The minute the stuff inside your head gets better than what's coming out of that speaker or the headphones, it's boring. That's the core of it. So here's how you know when you zone out or if it feels long. Now, a lot of times people say, how long should a podcast be? What's the right amount of time? And, of course, we all know that the TED Talks have done research, and they've found that about 18 minutes is the human attention span before the brain likes to do something else. And nine minutes is even better. So that's a good uh, framework for how long something should be. But the secret of time on a podcast and time on the radio is that it's counterintuitive and it goes against logic. When something's in power, five minutes feels like one. When it's out of power, one minute feels like five. So you have to trust your stomach, not your watch, Mm -hmm. okay? If it feels long, it's long. If it feels long, it's boring. If people, if you zone out in your head, you know, a lot of times during an interview, you'll have an out-of-body experience. If that's happening, it's boring, I guarantee it. (laughs) If you're easily distracted from what you're doing, yes, yeah. Well, it's also kind of like getting in the zone, right? I mean, I I played play competitive basketball for many many years and i i know i always performed better when i felt like it was all happening and i wasn't even thinking about it anymore if i had to think about it too much it it didn't work okay let's talk about what happened when you got in that zone you did prep performance and post-production okay you were prepared you had practiced and practiced and practiced so that by the time you jumped in that ring you were so ready and you didn't have to think about it anymore. So what we suggest is you should do one hour of show prep for every hour that you're doing content for your podcast. One hour of prep. Even if you have so much stuff that you never even get to it, always, always, always prepare. Then look at what does your content have to do with? Does it have to do with health and safety? Does it have to do with money or power? Does it have to do with emotion? How or in what way is it going to make somebody's life better? And answer those questions before you open the microphone. Know where you're going. 
What's the most interesting thing about what you want to talk about? Don't start boring and lead into it. Start with the thing that you're really excited about talking about. And in fact, uh, my favorite line uh, for writing the news came from Candy Crowley, who is a fantastic reporter from CNN. And Candy would always write her copy with the first line, hey, mom, guess what? And then she would cross out that first line, and it helped her write conversational copy. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, like this show is an example. Um, I probably could have done a better job of leading into what we were going to talk about today. Probably. I mean, as I think about it, that would have been I, a better thing. Here's what I know. And, and one of the things I don't like to do is take the paintbrush out of the hand of the artist. Because then as a trainer and a consultant and a coach, I'm doing a bad job. But your strength is that you really have answers for people, Rob, because if there was ever a mistake to be made over the years you've been doing it, you've made those mistakes and learned from them, and now you can help others. The same way you would coach a kid who was wanting to play basketball. You understand all of the areas that that person could jump into that are wrong, and you can help show them where they can be strong and strengthen the strengths. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's... And it's oftentimes difficult to do that. I mean, it's not easy to... Oh, I forgot to say yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Oops, oops. Yeah, yeah. Not it's, bad. It's, yeah, totally. This is hard. Being a powerful communicator takes time. It takes skill. It takes practice. It takes using these models. One thing I'm really proud of Beyond Powerful Radio, because it's really a culmination of everything I know based on years and years and years of working. My background includes programming WABC Radio in New York City, being executive producer at KFI, which is a talk radio station in Los Angeles. I was a news director in San Francisco and for years and years was a journalist and a producer. And getting audiences uh, was what my life depended on, getting, keeping, and growing audiences. So everything I know is in this book. It's like a cookbook for how to get yeah. an audience and how to grow your show. So as you think about um, prep, right, just like what you're talking about, it's almost like training. you got to get your, you know, your muscle strong, and that, that applies to podcasting as well. It gives you the safety um, yeah. net to be able to go into that zone. And when yeah. you hear a good interviewer or you hear a great person doing a podcast yeah. or a great storyteller – it's because they have prepared. What does that look like? Does that mean that, I mean, I do, just to let everybody know, I, I prepare with a kind of an outline. I basically have a show structure that's laid out before me that's custom for every program that I do. And I've been doing that since I was doing my, my um, nationally syndicated radio show. Okay, I did for, so this is not, years. yeah, it's not one size fits all. So yep. if the outline method works really well for you, don't change it. Mm-hmm. But here's what we ask. Bring in one thing to your show that Mm -hmm. has happened to you in the past 24 hours that might be able to be worked into a talkable topic for your show. Like today, here we are talking about podcasting, and I spent most of the afternoon at the Apple store with those wonderful people, except this is the week the Pope is coming into New York, so that they're putting up the barricades outside the Apple store, and the police are everywhere, and it was really quite the scene down there. But if you take one thing that's happened to you or that you've observed or overheard or experienced, that might be something you can really bring in to give your prep texture when you are storytelling. Yeah. The next thing is something you've overheard. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe someone's talked about something. 
And the last thing is something that's going on in the news that you would actually talk about with a friend if you didn't have a podcast and see if you can work that in. And if you can take those three things and work those into what you're going to talk about in addition to all your prep material and the press releases and the interview techniques that you're going to do with the person that you're going to talk to uh, and your list of questions and your outline, it'll be a richer, fuller show. Yeah, one thing that I do find, and I think we alluded to this a little bit earlier, is that I do find that when I do this, I prepare so much more content than I'm really ever going to cover. So it kind of puts me in a situation where I can, I have a lot of flexibility. I can go a lot of different directions with this. I can go completely, I can just drop the whole thing because the conversation goes off in a different direction. Right, and that's one of the secrets of interviewing, that you can be prepared and then think of it this way. If we were going to go on a cross-country trip, let's say, Rob, you and I are going to get in a car and we're going to drive across America, we would map out the journey. But along the way, we might see a sign that says scenic route, and we might decide to go off the map and take the scenic route to have the better experience and to see something fantastic. And that happens in every interview, and that's why it is so key to listen And in fact, do you know the expression, God gave us two ears and just the one mouth, and maybe we're supposed to use the ears more. And one of the most powerful tools in your paint box as a communicator and a podcaster are your ears. Listen, not just to what people are saying, but what they're telling you between the words. Mm -hmm. No, and that's exactly what's powerful, because, I mean, the mind likes to follow linear thoughts. They they like to lead from one thing to the next to the next to the next and that's exactly what storytelling is right it's telling a a story well there's lots of ways you know you can tell a story from the middle you can tell a story from the beginning and you can tell a story from the end so for example if you tell a story from the end and you've seen this in the movies all the time you know it starts at the funeral so now you know the person died and then it goes back into that person's life it started at the end Or you might see a story that starts when they're a child and then they grow up and have a life and then it ends with them, you know, around the funeral. Or you might see it in the middle. You just don't know. There's a lot of ways to tell a story. And there's something called Story Spine, which Ken Adams from Ken Adams Adventure Theater came up with, which is literally once upon a time and then and then one day and then and then and then until finally and then the moral of the story. Mm-hmm. And so you can look it up if you go to Story Spine and Ken Adams is K-E-N-N Adams. And it's Adventure Theater. And he's in San Francisco and he works with children and teaches improv. But this works for podcasters as well. And we talk a lot about it in the book Beyond Powerful Radio. Yeah, and storytelling doesn't have to take the form of, of kind of like a literary journey um, or or an entirely... Um, kind of like one end to another, kind of like a serial. I mean, a serial was kind of like a, a relatively linear, uh, uh, kind of a flow of a storytelling. Um, it can be stories, little micro stories, right? It can be small little stories that maybe are related to each other. Is that what you're saying as well? Well, let's go back to human beings are story junkies. <laughs> the more stories you give them, the more they want. And we have been painting our stories on the cave walls since the beginning of time, sitting around the tribal campfires, telling our stories. And in fact, when I was in Africa, I heard the story of the storyteller in the tribe. Do you know that one? No, I'm not familiar with that one. Okay. So here's what happened. Every night around the fire in an African village, 
uh, they would gather around their storyteller, and every night he would regale them with stories until the stars came out and the hour got late and everybody went to sleep. And this was every night. And one day the anthropologist comes into the village and says, look, you guys just got electricity. Why don't you get a television? There are so many more stories on the television than your storyteller knows. So they dutifully get a television and plug it in. And for one week, they sit around and watch the TV. And at the end of the week, they unplug the TV and they go back to the storyteller. And about a year later, the anthropologist makes another trip through the town. And he says, well, what happened to the TV? And one of the villagers said, yes, you were actually right. There are a lot more stories on the television than our storyteller knows. But every night, sitting around our campfire in our village, the storyteller knows me. And one of the powerful elements of radio and podcasting is when you are the storyteller that knows that listener, that you're in the same tribe, that you are interested in the same things, you have the same connection, and then your stories are meaningful to that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I really agree. And that's kind of what this show's about. It's um, telling stories related to how to do this better, how to produce audio content. And, and, but let's, let's talk a little bit about kind of the difference um, that exists between kind of like natural radio talent, right? Um, you know, a, it's always been thought of that, you know, in order to do radio, you have to have a specific, you know, kind of cadence and quality in your voice. Not anymore. I um, think do you think they, that those days are gone? Anymore. Here's what it is. Um, you're a basketball player. It really helps to be six foot four. It helps if you're a basketball player. Mm-hmm. But there are also short basketball players who are fast and they can hit baskets and run like the wind, you know. Yep. So it helps if you have a beautiful voice. It helps. It's a feature. But it's no longer necessary. What we found in our research is that audiences would not listen very long to someone with a beautiful voice, but who had nothing to say. But they would stick with someone over a long period of time if they didn't have the greatest voice, but they had a lot of meaningful and relevant content that mattered to the lives of the listeners. Do you see that that's, uh, that thought process is coming over to radio more and more? What I know is there are no boring stories, only boring storytellers, and that content is king. So you can always work on your voice. And in fact, we have a chapter on the voice uh, in the book uh, on how to make your voice better and some exercises and breathing and all of the things you can do to maximize the power of your voice. But the voice is the instrument. The content is the music you play. Yeah. So really what you're saying is any, any voice can make it, um, but they may need some coaching. They need some experience on microphone. Those I think if, if you're interesting, if you can do, and here's the model, focus, engage, opinion, position, storytelling. If you can do that model and you can engage people, and you have interesting things to say, and you have knowledge that people need to hear or want to hear, or you can take them on a unique journey that they can't get anywhere else in the world, they will sit and they will listen, no matter what your voice sounds like. Now, that being said, you have to be intelligible. And if you have a very thick, heavy accent, uh, sometimes that can be problematic, but then you have the website. And so if you have someone who is a little bit difficult to understand sometimes, and I've heard this with, you know, I I worked with a guy in in Newfoundland, and I really couldn't understand a word that guy was saying. 
uh, and I worked with a Scottish uh, podcast, and it was very difficult to understand until you know you really spent some time with that person and got used to the accent. But one of the things you can do is transcribe some of the material so that if someone has difficulty understanding it, then they can also look at the website and take in that same content and information. Mm-hmm. It's like opera. You know, if you don't understand Italian and you like opera, uh, they now have the words in English. Yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Why is it that um, there's a lot of radio talent out there that uh, has struggled to make it in podcasting? Is it? I mean, is there a translation issue there that they don't? There, some of the radio talent just doesn't connect uh, with the podcast type audience. Or I found that you know in some of my work over the last couple of years is that there's there's definitely a lot of radio talent out there that uh, has tried to do podcasting and they they just don't it doesn't work for them. Uh, what's your thoughts on what's going on there? Well, any success formula is product permanence promotion. Yeah. And that's a success formula, whether you're running a restaurant or you're putting out a podcast series or running a radio station. Mm-hmm. Uh, product, make a show that is so great. And again, you can learn how to do that if you go to the Powerful Radio Methods. And if you go to either www.gellermedia.com or beyondpowerfulradio.com, the methods are available. It's like a cookbook. And I've never seen anyone who works with these methods. And I'm now working with some of the top podcasts for public radio, commercial radio, and for independent podcasters. And they're making money and growing their audiences. Because number one, the head car that pulls that train is content, storytelling, unique experiences, new information, and something you can't get elsewhere. So that's number one. The next thing is permanence. Doing it consistently over time. Rob, how many people do you know who love the idea of podcasting and they made six great podcasts and then they just gave it up because it's too much work? Lots. There's lots okay. that have, uh, it's, it, there's a whole term for it. It's called pod fading. Um, okay. People so start, happens, it, they, they run out of things to say uh, okay. or they, they, they realize that it takes more work to, to do it than they realized or the audience didn't grow fast enough and they got bored. Okay, you just answered your own question of why people have failed. Because if you have a good show and you do it consistently over time, and then the last part of this is letting people know you do it. And that is using every single quote-unquote driver that you can find to get an audience. So if you have a database and you put out a newsletter every time you put up a podcast, that's one way to do it. The next way to do it is to use Twitter and build your Twitter and to use Instagram and build your Instagram and use your social media. But ironically, one of the best drivers for podcasting is the radio. So granted, David Letterman helped Mark Marin. okay? He mentioned the podcast, and the next day there were half a million people checking it out. If you're lucky enough to get a driver that's on national television, that's great. But radio is a great driver, And one of the models that's being worked with now on public radio is to take a few minutes of a podcast and put it on Morning Edition or one of the big, big shows that has 30 million listeners. And then if they want more than those few minutes, then they go to the podcast. And that's been building a lot of shows. They also use their podcasts to promote other podcasts. So if you listen to, let's say, for example, Terry Gross on Fresh Air, she is going to promote one or two other podcasts during her podcast, and she's got a huge audience. So, again, you need a driver. And if you have the driver, product, 
permanence promotion is the success formula, and it never fails, never. So do you see radio doing that more? It, it feels like, I mean, is radio going to prioritize digital over their, I don't, their I don't on-air stuff? Radio. What's that? I don't silo radio, and what, what you're doing is actually looking at radio as a separate thing, Rob. Yeah. And it's not. Mm-hmm. Radio is no longer separate. Here's what radio is. It's one of the canvases mm-hmm. to talk to people, and it's one yep. of the canvases to tell our stories, and it's one of the canvases. Mm-hmm. But now there's another canvas, and they are married, and they can work together, or they can work separately. So the main thing is the struggle to be a human being. Let's hold up a mirror and reflect life and help each other out mm-hmm. and have some fun doing it. Yep. And that's what radio's about, and it's what podcasting's about, it's what a lot of websites and interactive media is about. Um, we, it's all the same thing. Radio does not have a brick wall between podcasting and radio. To me, it's all the same thing. And it's what's the best medium. Mm-hmm. And I work in all of the mediums. I work in television. I work online. I work with podcasts. I yep. work with podcasters. I work with producers. I work with radio. It doesn't matter to me. It's what's the best medium to tell this story. And we're free in ways, podcasting. The beauty of the podcast is you don't have an FCC sitting on you. You can say what you want. But then why is it necessary to only run six minutes of a, of a podcast? If, if those, I mean, aren't we going to see podcast content okay. come to radio? Well, I think we already do. Well, we already I mean, do. It's, it's been slow to, to actually develop though. I mean, it's, it, it's mainly up to this point been radio pushing out, um, the same content that they have on radio as podcasts. So if you have an artist who Mm -hmm. says, um, who goes on a radio show as a guest, and I actually, I forgot her name, but she was an artist who went on one of the morning shows. Mm -hmm. And then she said, you can hear a lot more about how each of these songs was written and produced on the podcast. So the radio station has five minutes of what's really good on radio. Mm -hmm. The other thing is in a morning drive radio show, Uh, people are very busy from 6 in the morning until about 10 in the morning. If you're broadcasting to working people between the ages of, you know, 20 and 50 or 60 or 70 when they are working, usually in the morning they have a short attention span. They maybe have about seven minutes between the things they do. So let's say, for example, they wake up at 6.15 in the morning or Uh 6.30 in the morning. They put the coffee on, they listen to the clock radio or they listen to the radio um, then they, you know, feed the dog and then they, you know, jump in the shower, they brush their teeth, they're going in and out. They need to know what time is it, what's the day going to be like, what are the top stories I need to know so that when I get to work I can speak knowledgeably if I didn't have a chance to read a paper or look at all the news. You know, what's going on? Is there a hurricane outside or can I, you know, have a normal life going to work? Um, Got to get my kids to school. Is there going to be any school closing because of snow? The types of things they need in the morning they really can't do more than six or seven minutes of a podcast. Yep. So if they're very interested, for example, if I do a six-minute podcast and you own an overweight aging cat, I might do a couple of minutes on a radio show, but then if I'm really interested, I can go over to the one-hour podcast. So the mediums work together. You mm-hmm. broadcast on air, you narrowcast online, and it's a beautiful thing, and they work together. And We've, we've made a lot of money for people. I have podcasters right now who are making in six figures right now with their podcasts because they have monetized and figured out a way to powerfully tell their stories 
use other medium as drivers and then build their podcasts. And it's been really, really exciting. So to kind of summarize what you're saying, um, the whole tune in, tune out phenomenon that's been around radio for decades now, um, the, the the short attention span, the opportunity in, to get a variety the, of content. Yeah, I mean, in the morning. Right, in the morning. In, in, in the middle of the day, yeah. it's companion listening. So people yeah. are doing other things, but they've got yeah. the radio on as a companion. In afternoon drive, there's a feeling of, you know, they no longer feel like they're on the boss's time. They feel mm-hmm. like they're on their own time. And mm-hmm. in the afternoon, you're basically working to give people show prep for their dinner when they sit down across the table from their husband or wife. Are you giving them talkable topics? Do you make them feel good? about their commute going home in the early evening it's the least listened to time between seven and ten but late at night and this is really powerful particularly for talk radio and it's where art bell and a lot of these people developed and art bell has done both podcast and broadcast where the late night audience it may be less of an audience they may be fewer in numbers but these are people who listen deeply, and they will listen to the radio the same way they listen to a podcast, and they don't differentiate. It doesn't really matter to them if they're listening to radio or if they're listening to a podcast. It just has to be interesting. And the nighttime audience is a deep audience, and they listen very, very deeply. So you think that the needs of a listener um, will change as we uh, see more integration of podcasts in, into the car, and, and it becomes less of a... Of a tune in, and tout, tune in, tune out, or is there still going to be a need for Here's that? Here's what we know. The first thing people want to know when they turn the radio on is, is my world safe? And live and local radio gives you that. Is my world safe? Is there an earthquake? Is there a war? Did they drop a nuclear bomb in Korea? You know, is my world safe? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a snow freeze and, and you can't go out? I mean, what's going on? And you have to answer that question on radio. Is my world safe? Once that question is answered, then it becomes, what's interesting? What's happening now? What do I need to know about? What happened while I was asleep? What's going on in my town, my community, with, with the world? What do I need to know? After that, it becomes, entertain and inform me. I, I want you to break through the boredom of my life, the monotony of my life, or quite frankly, the loneliness break through so that the listener never has to be alone. And podcasts can serve that as easily as radio. So what you're saying is that as we move towards these kind of more personalized radio stations, um, type of format in the car, right? App experiences, not AM, FM necessarily, but app experiences um, that people will start to expect kind of similar type of experiences, but maybe um, more personalized to what their their shows and the things that they like to follow. And they, it'll well, still, be, still have the, the, the news, weather, sports traffic, all, all those kind of things that you're talking about. You already about. see it with Spotify and Pandora, that people are creating their own niche formats of what's interesting to them, and they will create that with the apps as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're really, really into pets and you really, really want to know about you know diseases for dogs, uh, there's an app, and every week if they have a different veterinarian on and they're going to hear about a different dog disease, you're going to tune into that just because you're interested. And it's a wonderful place to go get that. You don't have to wait for the dog show to come on once a week or once a month on your favorite radio station. You can pull it down yeah. any time you want to hear it. And that's the beauty of what the podcast is. But, Rob, it all works together. It's not mm-hmm. either or. 
I get the feeling in this in this podcast today that you're kind of siloing radio against podcasting, and it's not like that at all. It's right hand, left hand. It's connected. It's the same thing. It's all of one. And and quite frankly, many many podcasters are people who said, "I always dreamed of having a radio show, and I never yeah. could get a job in radio. Or I didn't want to move to Kankakee, Illinois, and you know when I lived in in Chicago, you know." And so people could now have their own radio show on the podcast, and the equipment's here, and anybody can have yeah. their own radio show. And the podcasting has been the great leveler. So secretly, 90% of the podcasters are having fantasies that this is their radio show. <laughs> yeah. So there's really no divide. And I really will argue you down to the end on this one. There is no divide. It is the same thing. Yeah. And it's all about content. It's all about, is it relevant? Does it matter? Do you care? Can you make the listener care? Does it have to do with a listener's life? Do you feel a connection to the people to the people on the air or the people that are talking to you on the podcast? And again, the book really gives you guidelines for how to do those things. Yeah, I think it, I mean I agree with you that uh, the, the perception and somewhat the reality of the podcast versus radio medium is it has been siloed. Um, and I think the, the the perception is is that. Um, does it need to morph together? And Rob, it's morphed. Yeah. It's, no, the it's done. It's here. Well, it's it's mushed together. You know, I don't. I mean, I think from a content perspective, I, I I agree with you. From a distribution perspective, we're not we're not really there yet. So, I don't even care about the distribution yeah, because I yeah. know that the audience will be there. And and when I talk to an advertiser and they say, "Look, you know, we're looking to reach people who are going to buy a car in the next couple of years. Yep. We're looking to reach people who might be interested in, you know, maybe getting some new furniture over the next couple of years. We're interested in people who like to read. We're interested in people who like music. We're interested in people who might have one or two kids. Uh, we're interested in people who might be interested in having a garden. Can you deliver those kinds of people right. and they don't care if it's radio or if i can deliver half a million on a podcast they don't care and they'll give me the money and that's that's the the the, the evolution of what what's happening in the medium right now is that these these worlds are trying to find their way um morph together right what's the but the fact that two of the largest yeah. radio companies scripps howard yep. uh, and uh, hubbard yep. broadcasting have bought podcasting companies show me that everybody understands a story it's... is a story and Scripps Howard owns newspapers, television, radio, and now podcasting. That's right. And Hubbard owns television, radio, newspapers, and now podcasting. Mm -hmm. So they don't care which medium reaches the listener or the viewer. They just care that they're offering wherever that human being wants to check in and get. They don't care if it comes in on the fillings of your teeth as long as they reach the person. Yep. And that's the new model. Yep. And I'm and really I proud that I you know, have a book out that will help <laughs> people um, do that. And I want to talk about the audio book because that's coming out on audible.com very, very soon. Yeah, What's it, it's, uh, it's, it's coming out on October 3rd, the yeah. audio, the audio and, version of the book. Yeah. Right. And the reason I'm proud of this is that it's everything, not just that I know, but that 50 of the top people who train communicators know. Mm -hmm. And there are chapters on fundraising and sales and promotion and how to write copy, how to write, how to write a story, what is a story, how to produce, how to show prep, how to be a more powerful communicator. Those things are available. How to become a storyteller. So these things are all available in the book. And I, I always say to people, if you read the book, and then you have questions, talk to me, you know, and I'll be available. But I always offer the book first because, and it's a paperback and you can get used copies for very little money. And it's, it's not about that. It's about the information is here and it's available for you. Valerie, it was great to have you on the show talking about great. this stuff. 
Rob, thank you, and good luck, and I can't wait to see you in Atlanta next week. Yeah, that'll be yeah. great to to be a part of the the Rain Summit. I'm actually I'm, I'm on a, a panel talking about uh, podcasting of all things. Right. I can't imagine why that would be. Uh, I'm going to try and catch it. And also, just um, if you're interested and you want to follow on Twitter, it's at V Geller, G-E-L-L-R, and I'll follow you back uh, on Twitter. And again, I really thank you for this opportunity because my dream is to get this work in the hands of anyone and everyone who can use it. So I really thank you. I, I don't mean to push the book so much, but I really it's because I'm excited about it, and I really do believe in it with everything I've got. And I know that there's a lot of uh, uh, YouTube videos up there that have kind of presentations that you've done in the past somewhat, too, talking about these topics. So if you wanted to, you know, find out more about uh, Valerie's thoughts on these topics, uh, there's a lot of online resources, actually. Well, and the reason we did the audio book was someone said to me, look, you know, you've been writing books for 25 (laughs) years and you write them about radio and podcasting. Why don't you do an audio book? So I ended up in Sweden uh, last year, and I was stuck in Sweden because I was trying to get a visa to go to India where I was working, and I had to wait for three weeks. And so we went into a recording studio, and we did the audiobook. So I'm really proud of it. Yeah, that's awesome. So you can listen to it in your head. Yeah, there you go. Well, thank you. And I want to thank the— best to you and keep on doing what you're doing congratulations on everything you've done with Spreaker and just keep on going because you're on the right track I appreciate that thank you and I want to thank you the listener to this program who's uh, spent your time your valuable time listening to this conversation and um, and really appreciate that please give us some feedback on the show you can send it to me rob at Spreaker.com or you can send a tweet uh, at uh, Spreaker and that's with an R uh, with using the hashtag Spreaker Live. So I appreciate it. We'll be back uh, next week uh, for the, the, um, the celebration of podcasting with the, the International Podcast Day celebration. And I will be doing a re-airing of my one-hour show that I'm going to be doing as part of the, the live stream for the International Podcast Day. And that will be out on uh, Wednesday at 3 p.m. The actual live stream will be at blab.im at uh, noon to 1 Pacific Standard Time. So I appreciate you listening to the show today. Thank you, and come back and listen next week.